0: This podcast contains themes of abuse and trauma. Hey guys, welcome to the third episode of the Connected by Stories podcast. Today for privacy reasons, my guest has requested to go by the codename Vodka. We shall be joining Vodka as he takes us through his experiences with sexual abuse All right. Thank you, Vodka, for joining me on today's podcast. Yeah, I really appreciate you being here, man. Thanks for having me. So today we're just going to talk about your experience in an abusive situation. And yeah, just listen to you tell your story. And order for us to do that, I guess the best place to start is the very beginning. And yeah, just tell us, what was the relationship like between your parents?
1: Uh, my mom and my dad, they uh, broke up pretty early. Right before my sister was born. I was about three.
0: Okay. And what was the relationship like between you and your parents? Did you Which one of them did you stay with?
1: Uh, I stayed with my mom. My dad moved to state away.
0: Yeah. Did you still have a relationship with him when he moved? Uh, No. Pretty
1: much cut all contact.
0: Okay. And yeah, just tell us about, you know, your relationship with your mom. Did she, you know, get another partner? Did you have a good relationship with them? Uh, she,
1: she found a guy, but she didn't introduce us until they got married. And she just brought him in as our new stepdad. And it was pretty rocky. It was violent. They got into hard drugs like methamphetamine and all of that. And they would just go off at random times and just you know, fight hit us,
0: all that. You just mentioned, you know, sometimes I would hit you. So, was physical abuse something that was very prevalent in your household?
1: Uh, yeah, it was quite often. That's what actually made me, you know, believe
0: what he said. Is that something you can talk some more into? Um.
1: Well, he
0: uh, he would threaten us,
1: like he would threaten my mom and my sister, and. That's how he started abusing me. He came in one day, just you know, am I allowed to swear on here?
0: Yeah, go for it, man., All
1: right, so he came in with his you know his dick out, he sat down on the bed and he was like, "Suck it," And I was just a little kid, six, six years old, so of course I said, "No, that's gross, something like that." and he smacked me. Right across the face and he kind of forced me to put my mouth against it and he said if I didn't do it he would um, he would hit my sister and beat her and everything and that's how it all got started
0: from that moment on was that something that then happened quite it, a lot
1: it was only with my mom for about a year the most I remember it happening it seven to eight times I'm sure there's more repressed memories there, but I haven't gotten to delve into those yet. And it was quite frightening, because whenever I would refuse a few times, he would threaten me, threaten my family and everything. And I believed he would do it because of how violent he was in the first place. I'd initially refuse sometimes, but he'd always force it, because he was alone in the house with pretty much just me. So he could do whatever he wanted.
0: And while while that was happening, you know, did your mom know about it? Did you talk to anybody about it?
1: No, I kept to myself. He said that if I had talked to anybody about it, I would just be shame and I would be at fault and I'd be in trouble and that he'd kill my mom and my sister and
0: me. Yeah, that's a lot for a kid at six to process, especially not being able to talk to anyone about it. Um, so you did mention that he was with your mom for um about a year. So after like, you know, after all that after the relationship was over and that, did you eventually talk to anybody about it or did you still keep that with you?
1: I kept it with me so I didn't start realizing it and remembering these things. I kinda hit it down and I would get weird dreams you know and I I just denied it. I denied that anything happened to myself and it was just some weird fever dream and when I was about 10 the memories kind of just flooded in and I was left in like a state of just, I was catatonic really for about you know a good while I wouldn't talk to anybody I couldn't handle everything and it took me about three years to actually tell anybody what had happened to me and i think the first time i actually told anybody it was online and they showed like extreme support but i still couldn't tell anybody in my real life like face to face i couldn't handle that
0: and what was the reason for that
1: oh i kind of felt like i would you know be exposed and people would make fun of me just in real life and I didn't think I could handle more abuse especially from that kids were always calling each other faggots and making fun of each other like oh you're so gay and I, I knew what that was so I was like well I'm not gay so I just held it in
0: yeah and when you did then finally you know tell people what was the i guess reaction like in your real life
1: well the first person i told i'd actually gone to a stress unit a few times for um, attempting to kill myself and they could never really help me and i had one favorite nurse there he was really cool his name was damon and i always thought he looked like Frozone. so Mm -hmm. i was like you know, I always joked around with him and he was real chill. And during, I think my third stay there at the psych ward, I told him what happened to me. And he was, he took on like this really caring kind of big brother role, like a father role I'd never had. It helped me. And he told me I needed to talk to my mom about it. And I was terrified to tell her, terrified of how she'd react.
0: And when you, did you then eventually tell her?
1: Uh, yeah, the meeting we had, uh, the parents would come in to the stress center and meet with their children. I had written everything down because I couldn't say these things to her. So I just gave her a letter with everything written down on it. Hmm. And she started crying and Of course, me, my personality, I like to joke around about things. I can't handle being serious. Yep. So I started, you know, chuckling a little bit. She didn't take that very well. She was like, it's not funny. And I'm like, well, I need to deal with it some way.
0: Yeah. While it was, you know, while you had to carry, you know, that knowledge and basically that whole experience by by yourself for such a long time, did you, you know, have any coping mechanisms? Like how did how did you cope with it? Cuz that yeah, being so young, that would that, that would be a massive burden on you.
1: Well, I couldn't really cope with it. I was dealing with, you know, mental health issues from everything else. I've eventually been diagnosed with clinical depression with psychotic episodes and PTSD, and I was dealing with all of that while not having this sound diagnosis to really know what was going on with Or talk to anybody about it. And I started having hallucinations and vivid flashbacks. Uh, I couldn't really handle, you know, thinking about anything. So I kind of just shut down and went into my mind, into a little safe space where I put up walls to keep everything out.
0: Yeah, and that's, yeah, and I think that's something a lot of people can relate to. That's something a lot of people do when going through, you know, similar situations. But you did, yeah, you did mention that you, you know, you've been diagnosed with PTSD, psychotic episodes, and, um, those effects, are they like, you know, still very prominent even after all these years?
1: Well, the psychotic episodes are now being controlled by medication, but we've got a whole slew of medications that I'm on. And it keeps me kind of balanced out. I'm still depressed on them. I'm still sad a lot of the time. But it doesn't dip to the point where I start cutting myself again or burning myself too often.
0: Also, um, from the little bit of your story that I already know, you did mention that there was a point in time where you did struggle defining your sexuality. Can you talk to us a little bit about that?
1: Um, Yes. a long time, I always I always felt attracted to girls, you know, but not in the way that, you know, I see, like, movies and everything. I wasn't attracted to, like, all that physical affection. I just thought they were pretty, but I wanted nothing to do with physical contact. And so I couldn't really explore that. I couldn't explore relationships and everything. And so I didn't know what I really was. I was so confused by what had happened to me, thinking that maybe I was gay because of what I was forced to do, that maybe it had affected me in that way. And so I thought I was bisexual. And eventually after, you know, trying something with another guy, like some physical affection, it um it came to me that i didn't like it i wasn't i wasn't happy with that
0: yep thank you for that thanks for sharing that with us um also like you know apart from that as well like you know effects like that what other effects would you say had on you
1: um well since then uh, i started smoking cigarettes at about 16 i um I saw people dealing with their stress and problems with it, and I figured it might help me, but now I'm just addicted. And, uh, about that time I, you know, I had my first experience with weed. And a little bit before that, I did some acid. So it's definitely pushed me into finding illicit ways to deal with my problem. And it, it numbs it a little bit.
0: And, you know, in all that time, after all of that happened and while you're still dealing with it and still trying to heal, have you been able to, you know, connect with other people that can relate, that you can talk to, especially, you know, being a man, it's not something that a lot of men feel comfortable talking about. Usually when you see people who are open about it, it's normally women. So have you been able to like connect with other male you know male survivors and people who just yeah share your experience
1: it's been really hard to find anybody that openly talks about it i haven't met too many on the internet and i've met pretty much none the only guy that i ever met that said he was turned out to be a a liar essentially about just everything in his life so I couldn't really trust that he knew what I was going through, but part of me wanted to believe it so that I would have somebody to connect to because I just felt so lonely,
0: yeah, and that that is definitely the like, you know the emotion that a lot of people feel just you know being alone when going through this, which is not a nice thing to feel. It's always good when you have you know someone else that you can connect to, and um in saying that saying that. Once again, I really want to thank you for, you know, opening up to us because this story is definitely, you know, there's a lot, I'm sure there's lots of other males out there because I think statistically it says one in six males, you know, get sexually abused. And like you said, men don't usually like to talk about these situations. You know, there's there's a massive stigma already around sexual abuse. And then as a man, There is even more. So it's something that men tend to like, you know, keep to themselves. So thank you so much for sharing your story. It's something that would really help other people. The final question I wanted to ask, however, was, you know, what advice would you give to anyone else that's in a similar situation?
1: Well, don't be afraid to open up to somebody. Don't be afraid to open up to people because there are definitely people out there that share your sentiments and, most people would support you and you know what you're going through that people will openly support you and you're not going to get bullied and you're not going to be harassed for what happened to you as a child
0: yep thank you so much for that I i really appreciate you like i said thank you for coming on the podcast it's been really great having a chat with you all right thanks for having me here again it's nice to share my story That is all for today, guys. Once again, I would like to thank Vodka for sharing his story with us. I hope this has been truly helpful to anyone in a similar situation. If you're a guy out there and you're currently experiencing situations like this, or you have been through situations like this on your own, please know you are not alone. There are so many people out there who support you. To listen to more episodes... Please subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other platforms where you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at ConnectedByStories. Please share this episode with anyone you know who would benefit from it. If you have a story you would like to share, please feel free to reach out to me through Instagram or anonymously through CuriousCat. The link will be in the description. See you on the next episode of Connected by Stories...